chapter seventeen of discourses on the first decade of titus livius book one this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. discourses on the first decade of titus livius book one by niccolo machiavelli translated by ninian hill thompson chapter seventeen that a corrupt people obtaining freedom can hardly preserve it i believe that if her kings had not been expelled rome must very soon have become a weak and inconsiderable state for seeing to what a pitch of corruption these kings had come we may conjecture that if two or three more like reigns had followed and the taint spread from the head to the members so soon as the latter became infected cure would have been hopeless but from the head being removed while the trunk was still sound it was not difficult for the romans to return to a free and constitutional government it may be assumed however as most certain that a corrupted city living under a prince can never recover its freedom even were the prince and all his line to be exterminated for in such a city it must necessarily happen that one prince will be replaced by another and that things will never settle down until a new lord be established unless indeed the combined goodness and valour of some one citizen should maintain freedom which even then will endure only for his lifetime as happened twice in syracuse first under the rule of dion and again under that of timoleon whose virtues while they lived kept their city free but on whose death it fell once more under a tyranny but the strongest example that can be given is that of rome which on the expulsion of the tarquins was able at once to seize on liberty and to maintain it yet on the deaths of caesar caligula and nero and on the extinction of the julian line was not only unable to establish her freedom but did not even venture a step in that direction results so opposite arising in one and the same city can only be accounted for by this that in the time of the tarquins the roman people were not yet corrupted but in these later times had become utterly corrupt for on the first occasion nothing more was needed to prepare and determine them to shake off their kings than that they should be bound by oath to suffer no king ever again to reign in rome whereas afterwards the authority and austere virtue of brutus backed by all the legions of the east could not rouse them to maintain their hold of that freedom which he following in the footsteps of the first brutus had won for them and this because of the corruption wherewith the people had been infected by the marian faction whereof caesar becoming head was able so to blind the multitude that it saw not the yoke under which it was about to lay its neck though this example of rome be more complete than any other i desire to instance likewise to the same effect certain peoples well known in our own days and i maintain that no change however grave or violent could ever restore freedom to naples or milan because in these states the entire body of the people has grown corrupted and so we find that milan although desirous to return to a free form of government on the death of filippo visconti had neither the force nor the skill needed to preserve it most fortunate therefore was it for rome that her kings grew corrupt soon so as to be driven out before the taint of their corruption had reached the vitals of the city for it was because these were sound that the endless commotions which took place in rome so far from being hurtful were from their object being good beneficial to the commonwealth 
from which we may draw this inference that where the body of the people is still sound tumults and other like disorders do little hurt but that where it has been corrupted laws however well devised are of no advantage unless imposed by some one whose paramount authority causes them to be observed until the community be once more restored to a sound and healthy condition whether this has ever happened i know not nor whether it ever can happen for we see as i have said a little way back that a city which owing to its pervading corruption has once begun to decline if it is to recover at all must be saved not by the excellence of the people collectively but of some one man then living among them on whose death it at once relapses into its former plight as happened with thebes in which the virtue of epaminondas made it possible while he lived to preserve the form of a free government but which fell again on his death into its old disorders the reason being that hardly any ruler lives so long as to have time to accustom to right methods a city which has long been accustomed to wrong wherefore unless things be put on a sound footing by some one ruler who lives to a very advanced age or by two virtuous rulers succeeding one another the city upon their death at once falls back into ruin or if it be preserved must be so by incurring great risks and at the cost of much blood for the corruption i speak of is wholly incompatible with a free government because it results from an inequality which pervades the state and can only be removed by employing unusual and very violent remedies such as few are willing or know how to employ as in another place i shall more fully explain End of chapter seventeen